All right, uh, here with you in football at four. Free agency is just a few weeks away. Uh, one of the many uh, intriguing names uh, this offseason in the free agent market is a guy who has been a, a face of a franchise down in Tennessee, and that would be one uh, Derrick Henry, the running back. And, and yeah, I know in a day and age where do people even care about running backs anymore? Uh, do people value running backs? Well, there's one team that values running backs, even though they forgot they had them um, in the AFC Championship game, and that would be the Baltimore Ravens, James. Um, they care about the running back position, care about running the football. Of course, they've had a horrific history of injuries recently with running backs. But the Titans, uh, Derrick Henry, according to uh, the old betting odds in the offseason, could be a Baltimore Raven. Right now, the Ravens are the top team to land uh, the free agent back along with the Cowboys after that. Ravens are at one, plus 175, Cowboys plus 550. The Eagles at plus 650 and the Texans at plus 750. Nowhere on there. You did not hear me say Titans, did you? Nope. So Derrick Henry is 30. Uh, certainly not the player he was uh, a few years ago, but he's certainly still got some value. I mean, especially if you're talking about a timeshare situation, uh, a team that already has another good back, and... Um, a guy that certainly could add a lot to your locker room as well. Derrick Henry has been a, a consummate pro um, in his time in the National Football League. But could you see him in the backfield with uh, Lamar Jackson? That would be almost unfair. Pretty cool. And again, they still you know, have other backs. I mean, I, I don't know what the situation with Dobbs is. His contract. They have Justice Hill. Uh, of course, who was the kid? Who was the young kid that was kind of tearing it up for the Ravens? Uh, Keaton, uh, Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell was tearing it up prior to the injury. Uh, I mean, Gus Edwards always seems to be there to discount him every stinking year, yep. and, and Gus Edwards is always consistent if he's still around. So they, they would have some interesting uh, you know, options for Derrick Henry. It doesn't have to be the Derrick Henry show like it was in Houston. And, and of course, it's an offense that aired it out a lot more this year. But you know, Henry is a pretty capable receiver when given the opportunity. And I understand what the Texans are doing, too, or the Titans, excuse me, the Texans. The Titans are doing as well because they, they showed – you know, they kind of evolved a little bit with Spears as, the, as you know, more of the feature guy at times, and he did very well for them. So I, I understand why they might want to go that direction, not spend on on the running back position. And they're still, of course, trying to fill a very large hole uh, left by the A.J. Brown trade. But, you know, Ty J. Spears had a nice uh, season for them this year. So I could see that they would probably uh, be okay with, you know, Derrick Henry going and finding a, a championship opportunity too, right? I mean, you, you want to see this guy be on the best stage if possible uh, at this point in his career. Yeah, Gus Edwards, as I figured, is an unrestricted free agent as well as J.K. Dobbins. And Dobbins, Dobbins is gone. Done. Yeah, he's, he's done. gone. So it is Keaton Mitchell. It is Justice Hill. You throw Derrick Henry in there in the mix, not, not a bad one, two, three punch. Makes sense. Makes sense. And could you imagine if now the Cowboys miss out on Derrick Henry for a second time? Because that that is a guy that the Dallas Cowboys, I feel like, really missed out on trying to trade for at the trade deadline. I don't know if it was Jerry's pride that got in the way again or what. Or, and I'm not, not even saying it was close or anything. Right. But that just seemed like the logical thing for them to do was add a good piece at running back. And they, and they didn't do that. And so if you lose out to him again and to Baltimore, then, I mean, yeah, that certainly bolsters the Ravens' chance to win a championship. You know who would be a good addition for the Cowboys if they can't get Derrick Henry? Ezekiel Elliott. He's a free that's, agent again. 
That's that's almost not funny, but it's still um, funny. I'm not kidding. I mean, Zeke played well in in uh, New England this year. I think year. Jerry would love to have him back. Get him back at a cheaper rate. Um, he isn't your lead back necessarily, but he's you know part of the committee, if you will, with Pollard. Uh, would be interesting. I mean, listen, he gives an element. We we talk about this a, a lot during the season. Dude can still be really impactful in blitz pickup, right? I mean, he's he's a protector. He's a physical guy still. And in New England this year, as crappy as that offense was, and it was crappy. Let's not let's not mix that up, right? It was pretty bad. You know, he he had some he had some bright points uh, for them this season. Uh, you know, playing is not the full time back. Obviously, he was part right, right. You know, he was part time, but he had about a he had just under a thousand yards total offense this season. Uh, and you know, Zeke actually made it through the whole seventeen weeks, unlike uh, Stevenson, right? I mean, true. Ramadre Stevenson didn't make it all the way. Um, so just. You know, something to think about, you know, crazier things have happened in this old NFL with reunions. I mean, hell, Jimmy Johnson's back with the Cowboys. That's Why right. not Zeke yep. while we're at it, you know? Very true. So Jimmy Johnson is what, a consultant or he's on the board of he trustees? He said he's or? back in the fold. What he's does that a, mean? He said he's on the advisory board. I don't know if he's being coy or right. if it's or if this is an actual thing that exists, this advisory board. Interesting. Maybe, maybe he's the coach next year after they fire... Um, after they fire, after they fire McCarthy. Boy, that would be something. <laughs> uh, Val in Northern Nexus, maybe Zeke can get signed as a free agent center. <laughs> hey, Zeke got in shape once the season started. <laughs> I think the blue was just in the fifteen made him look bigger than he was. Oh gosh, that that is still. I, I will still love. I I still love closing my eyes and picturing that memory of him snapping that ball. That was funny. That was funny. Getting dump trucked. No, he did. It was. Uh, it's kind of a weird play, right? But yeah, look, he's um, not the guy he once was for sure. But I, I do think he has some value. But but you're right. I mean, Dallas seems to be the most obvious uh, in addition to Baltimore. Well, like, they they need a lead back, and I and I don't see them trying to pay Josh Jacobs or anything like no, that. And no. there's there's not too many other names on the free agent list that really pop out unless you bring. I mean, you could bring Tony Pollard back, but. I don't. I don't I know think that Pollard's you want to do that fine, either. but I don't think he's a one-one. I think you need help, right? Like you need you need to. He needs to be in a committee, right? Like he's better off. He's the a, two, he's a two. Yeah, he's the, he's like he's the a two. two. But I mean, he could he could get fifteen carries and be really good for you, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he can give you fifteen carries and be impactful because he's going to be able to you know break break big runs and those kind of things. So, I think they've got. Uh, They've got some options there, and it, look, they might just want to, you know, look at it, and that might be something they deal with in the draft too, uh, and go younger. I mean, and you yeah. can't blame younger and cheaper. It's not crazy because you have other free agents, right? I mean, it looks like you're gonna have to pay your quarterback to save yourself some money uh, down the road, and Dak. You got a situation with Tyron Smith wants money uh, to get, you know, to, to stay at left tackle. You're gonna have um, some free agents in the secondary. I think Curse is a free agent at safety. So Gilmore's a free agent. So there's other ones. And then looking at the, you know, looking at the Baltimore side of it, too, they've got a ton of free agents. I didn't realize how many free agents the Ravens Yeah, they had. need to keep Matabike there. Yeah. So that should be a top priority for I them. I mean, the, the, the Ravens have got left guard and right guard, Simpson and Zettler, uh, free agents. You mentioned, Do- you know, and Dobbins probably gone. I mean, they could bring Gus Edwards back potentially. But even like on defense, I mean, Clowney, who had a really strong year for them. Patrick Queen, although... At one point, I thought everybody was down on Patrick Queen. Then he had a good year. Uh, Geno Stone. Uh, you got uh, Kyle Van Noy. Um, Justin. Um, 
that Bukwe, the kid, the guy, the D tackle. I think Brent Urban is another starter for them on the D line. So the Ravens really have a ton of uh, ton of free agents to look at too. So I mean, it might not be easy just to go ahead and grab a depth running back, right? If they if they've got uh, these other problems too. Yeah, because if you, if you really well, and remember Keaton Mitchell got injured late in the season, so his yeah, availability what, yeah. to start the season at one hundred percent anyway, you don't know and. He doesn't, and again, you look at him, and he had, he had sparks, but he also doesn't look like a like an every down back either. He has the skill set, but again, he looks like one of those rotational type guys. So, if you are going to bring Gus Edwards back, and that's what you want to do, that would also be fine. But if they want to upgrade, there's certainly an opportunity to do so. All right, hit us up on the text line, uh, Bally, whose phone line seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. You want to jump on the program? All right, coming up, we will uh, get into the offseason priorities as uh, the Falcons' general manager season. And I don't think it's a big surprise. Uh, we'll talk about how that may impact the draft next year. Scott Jackson Show Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, like in 42 minutes from now, what's your rank Wednesday time? Today, I'm going to go ahead and reveal now. Is it too early to reveal, James? Or Absolutely is it... not. Okay. Uh, the top five franchise players in professional sports. And this is like the top, like the, the big four, as we refer to it as in the U.S. of A here. Uh, NFL, you know, NBA, Major League Baseball, and the National Hockey League. So franchise players like you know you can you can kind of interpret that a lot of different ways but certainly there is uh the ability obviously to play at a real high level is a big part of that marketability uh you know all the other things that come along with being the guy who carries the weight of being a face of a franchise a franchise a true franchise player because like this franchise tag thing we do in the nfl is kind of goofy because you know, let's be honest. Some of these dudes that get franchise tagged ain't your face of your franchise. No, and no. they just happen to be the guy who hits free agency at the correct time where you, you're desperate to keep this player and the only thing you can do is tag them. So anyway, based off of this being franchise, you know, playing tag opening week, we figured, hey, why not I'll do a little spin off of it? And again, this is about the top five current franchise players in our you know, our for, for big four professional sports in the year. These here are United of States. So there you go. Uh, sorry, MLS, you did not make the cut because you will not give us your TV numbers uh, from Apple TV. So I don't <laughs> trust you. All right, here we go. 757-687-9494. Ballyhoo's phone line, uh, the text line uh, as well is the same number. So wild how they do that. Um, let me hit this text real fast before I get to Terry Fontenot. Um Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield, trade down. This is off the commander's draft. And get a stud... Get stud tight end Brock Bowers and get O-line players. No to Caleb Williams or Boney Jaden Daniels. No more RG3 types allowed in Washington. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, you can't. This is loserville talk. Like, you can't just, like, hide from the the, taking a shot at a first-round quarterback because you screwed it up in 2012. And did you really screw it up in 2012? I mean, let's be honest. There was some real high rate of success there. They didn't do a very good job managing said player. You also had a owner that was was toxic for that that guy's gone he's dead they put a stake in his heart he's on a yacht somewhere in the mediterranean you know cash and checks okay so you you can't think that way forever like at what point i mean it's been honestly since they've had a first of all since they've had a hall of fame quarterback sonny jurgensen since they've had a franchise quarterback joe theisman i mean at some point you gotta just 
suck it up and step into the plate and take another swing, for goodness sakes. This scaredy cat mentality of, hey, let's get another retread. Let's see if Alex Smith's available. Let's get let's bring Kirk back because that's going to be really cheap. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. Talk about a diva. By the way, if you're concerned about RG3-level type diva, Baker Mayfield. Oh my God. Yeah. Could you imagine he's living in FedEx Field doing one of those obnoxious uh, insurance commercials again? I mean, I don't, I don't need that either, man. You know, no thanks. Let Tampa. It's, let Tampa deal with that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm glad it was working out for him. It looks like he's turning the corner. I don't need that. Don't need it. Don't need anybody else's reclamation project. If I were Baker, I wouldn't recommend living at FedEx Field. No, I wouldn't either. Because the, the rats would scare the crap out of you. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Let's get to the Falcons. They're not scared of the quarterback question. Uh, new head coach Raheem Morris uh, there. Uh, Terry Fontenot, GM, gearing up for the 2024 scouting combine, which starts next week. And free agency starts on March 13th. During an appearance on the NFL Report last week, the Falcons GM said the club will be keeping a keying in on quarterback this offseason. Obviously, the question is, how do you do that? Do you trade? Do you um, draft? Like, what do you do? They're not in a position to get one of the top three quarterbacks. But uh, Fontenot told NFL Network that's the top priority of the offseason. Again, not only people that have been in the building, but outside the building uh, from, from Raheem, our offensive coordinator, Zach uh, Robinson, our quarterback's coach, T.J. Yates, uh, Ken Zampezi, offensive assistant, uh, former commander, by the way, and D.J. Williams, our quarterback's, assistant quarterback's coach. We have a lot of smart people in the building. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time together and make sure we attack it the right way. We're not going to close any doors, be it trades, free agency, the draft. We'll make sure we keep an open mind there and we go attack it and make sure we get it right. Of course, they have Desmond Ritter still, what, two more years? He was a second round, or he was a, uh, was he a second or a third round pick in that draft with, uh, he was in the same draft two years ago, obviously, with Sam Howell. But bottom line is, they don't sound convinced on Ritter after seeing him play a little bit his rookie season and a lot this year. And so they're going to go look outside of it. He was a third round pick in 2022. So, but again, he's still very cheap, right? Like Ritter is still yeah. on the cheap for them if they want to keep swinging with him. But it doesn't sound like that's what they're going to do. They're going to bring somebody else here in the mix. And that's what you, again, if you don't have one of these guys, you've got to keep trying to get one of these guys. And if you're not, then you're, you're not doing your due diligence. Yeah, and but if you're them, you're, you're kind of in a no-man's-land spot as far as taking a quarterback. You're not taking right. J.J. McCarthy or anybody like that that high. You could trade back. So now you're looking at adding another veteran guy where either those couple of those guys you just mentioned, then there's maybe like a Ryan Tannehill type there as well. And that just doesn't seem – that's not going to excite anybody. So I don't, I don't even really know what they're going to be able to do to upgrade at that position unless they've got some trade magic that they're working on. Or if, or if you want to trade up, but to where they're at, that seems like – you want to talk about costly – Seems like that'd be real costly. Yeah, it would be. I mean, that's why Justin Fields makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, you know, throw out the veteran quarterback names that are out there. Your guy, uh, Gardner Minshew. He's your guy, by the way, now. Oh, okay. Uh, Uncle Rico. I'll take it. <laughs> All those guys, right? They would be the ones that uh, would make sense in terms of cost and effectiveness uh, for that, so... That will be the interesting part here for all that stuff. Um, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Uh, text line, Ballyhoo's phone line. 
Because like Atlanta, like if you look at them, are, are like two very good running backs. You got an excellent receiver um, in Drake London, and you have you know Kyle Pitts is a freakish tight end. John o. Smith as John well. O. I mean, you got two good. tight ends. Yeah, John o. Smith's good. I mean, they've got some pieces. Offensive line's been really good. They've got some pieces. Their defense played better last year. I don't. I don't think that's a team that's a big reclamation prize. I think they. They if they hit with a better quarterback situation they could easily be contending in that division not that they weren't this year i mean everybody was except for of course carolina everybody's contending they're they're in a good they could be in a really good spot fast that's the thing though with justin fields is he a better quarterback than desmond ritter yes Yes. but how much better than desmond ritter i mean the guy again the guy was two he's 10 and 28 as a starter well I gra- I granted not you're a lot of talent. On a I curve understand, in Chicago. But... Yeah, you're greater on a curve in Chicago. But That's a big curve. I think with those two running backs, like they like they were doing some good stuff. Like Smith was doing some good stuff with uh, with Mariota in stretches, and then for whatever reason, two years ago down the stretch, he got kind of down. Mariota had a knee injury first of all, and he was playing through it, and he was down on him, and he decided to switch it to Ritter. And it blew up on him, obviously, and you know that's when Mariota went and got the knee surgery, and everybody was like, "Oh, crushing him for doing it," but he, you know he needed it, and he was holding yeah. off on it. So it was kind of wild how they did that. I, again, I thought when they were they were running a lot of read option with Mariota, they were a pretty difficult team to deal with, and you know for whatever reason, they just they got in that losing streak. And they're like, "All right, we're just going to bury the quarterback here," and this is again. Here's the flip side of having the offensive coordinator as the head coach, right? Like when the offense isn't playing well, you can't really blame anybody but yourself. Mm-hmm. And so who's the guy you're going to blame first? The quarterback, right? That's yep. kind of what happens here. So I thought that was interesting with, um, of course, the guy who is now the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Arthur Smith. All right. Via the text line, I got a lot of people texting through said, um, you got it um, in capital letters. You is capital in the whole thing. Got it. RG3 would have been great if Mike or Jay would have coached. Yeah, no, you're not quite understanding what I'm saying. No, you're not, you're not quite grasping everything I'm saying. They did coach. I mean, Mike and, and Kyle, more specifically Kyle, developed an incredible offense in year one for him. Now, where they, where they failed and he failed himself was protecting himself. Like, yep. dude, slide. Like, get out of bounds. Stop lowering your shoulders. Stop trying to hurdle people. Kyle, why are you sending RG3 out on a pass pattern uh, in Pittsburgh? What the hell was that? It was the stupidest play call in the history of play calls. Uh, the Cincinnati game, when they're running the option with Brandon Banks. Let's get the two lightest guys in the field and put them in space <laughs> and in danger with linebackers. And, of course, there was the meddlesome owner who dated the quarterback like he was the hottest girl in his high school. You know, teams going home from Dallas. No, RG three, you stay here. You're gonna go to. You're gonna. We're gonna have dinner. We're gonna have Thanksgiving dinner together. Yep. That that stuff is what I'm talking about. So just want to make it perfectly clear. Have we ever gotten the tell-all book from Robert? I'm sure this was all would have been covered. Oh wait, no, it wouldn't have been. No, he had his own hand in his own demise. People, don't ever get me mixed up when talking about that. I lived that up close on the front freaking row. So don't try to come in here and tell me how it went down because I know damn well how it went down. Now, the the Hall of Fame, well, not Hall of Fame, coach, acted like a child. Like he was mad. He took his ball, went home. 
You know, he's a president of football. He's making $7 million a year. He could have manned up and, and gone in the little man's office and told him how it was going to go down. Early in that process, for whatever reason, he didn't. He went along with it. And then, of course, you had the president of the football team who was no help at all in that because he was just trying to salvage his own job. So, like, there was a lot of things that went down with why that failed. A lot of which is on the player, by the way. Of a course. lot of which is on the player. Of course. But the, you know... The holy the thou Shanahan's had a lot to do with it as well. They did a lousy job in grabbing control of that situation, in particular Daddy, because the, the kid had you know the kid was a kid at that point. Yeah, you know, and he's he didn't he he didn't have the clout to do that. He wasn't the head guy either, quite frankly. No, so he wasn't. That, that falls on Daddy. Yeah, Daddy was making seven million, man. At that time, mm-hmm. nobody's making seven million, you know. And and he's been one of these guys that's really good at rewriting history and blaming other people. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Uh, you know, as time has gone on. And again, he's still not in the Hall of Fame, right? And those are some great, great years with the Denver Broncos. And the Washington experience did not help him the way he handled it. And he also tried to burn the house down on the way out. That he did. Which was lame. You know, it's like, dude, you, you, you should be um, strong enough in your convictions and who you were in your own resume and your place in the league to just walk out the door with your held, head held up to high. Plenty of other people would have taken out the Snyder Pinata for you. You didn't have to do it while you were in there and sabotage the 2013 season as no. you did. I mean, that was no. just, it was malpractice. Complete malpractice. Anyway, all right, we'll get to some more of these texts coming up. 757-687-9494. Uh, have you heard of the Mahomes rules? Apparently, it's like the Jordan rules, except it's football. We'll explain that coming up on the other side. Scott Jackson, Show Priority Order Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King. While James Withens got your sports center. All right, welcome back. Uh, we are... Uh, Brought to you by Larry King Law, injured accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. What's your rank Wednesday coming up at uh, 5 o'clock? Today ranking the top five uh, franchise players in all of the four major sports in the U.S. of A., uh, who we think they are and why. And explainers. We're not just going to give you five guys and not explain as to why we believe they are what is deemed as a franchise guy. We'll do that for you coming up at uh, 5 o'clock. All right, 757-687-9494. That is uh, the Ballyhoo's phone line. Also the text line, 757-687-9494. How you can uh, hit us up here on the program if you want to participate. All right, a lot lot of uh, leftovers on uh, some of the commander stuff before we get to uh, this Raider story. Uh, police commanders do not draft Drake May and Ruiner, the UNC quarterback. <laughs> this is so great. Oh, man. Uh, the other one uh, from the 757 uh, says, uh, did you say get Drake May, by the way? I did not. Okay, he's Absolutely agreeing with you. Uh, he thinks you did. Anyway, he also wants them to get Brock Bowers. He says, hi, Scott. Hope you're having a great day. Give a shout out to Willie B for winning the Daytona 500. And Mr. H uh, towing Richard Petty with nine wins, number 24 and 24. Yes, Willie B is awesome. Now, he, he went to Liberty, right? That he did. Now, do you think he's listening to the show? Possible. Because, uh, you know, usually when people say shout out somebody, like that means they're listening to the show, right? Like, so I, I was kind of confused by that. So I'm like, you know, is, is he actually listening to the program? I, I don't feel like he would be. I think he'd be on his way to Atlanta or in Atlanta by now. Uh, but he's William got Byron, the app probably, yeah, right? Byron, if he's listening, all right, shout him out. Dang it. You just did it for me, 757. So there you go. Uh, congrats to him. Yeah, that was, what, two days ago? Yeah. The uh, Monday version of the 500, thanks to the rain, 
We will have our guy, uh, Davey Siegel, from SiriusXM on Friday back again to uh, break down that Atlanta race for us on Friday, by the way. Uh, all right, Jordan in Virginia Beach is already getting out his early uh, franchise list. All right, we'll get to those in the 5 o'clock hour. All right, so Antonio Pierce was on a, a – I mean, every, again, everybody's got a podcast. Yes, uh, very these true. Days. Um, and Antonio Pierce was on one – I uh, hear recently, and it's the one with uh, Ryan Clark, which is called the Pivot Pod. Is it Pivot? No, this was the one. If you're talking about the Bad Boys thing, that was on Max Crosby's podcast. Oh, this is Max. Cro- he, no, so yeah. Anthony Antonio Pierce is on Max Crosby's. He's, podcast. He's apparently making the podcast rounds. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Sorry, he was on another one last week. Anyway, he discussed what uh, they called the and the Pat Mahomes. Um, rules like you know back in the day you had the Jordan rules of course there was a book written about it what the Detroit Pistons j- did to uh, Michael Jordan back in the day when they just fouled the crap out of him basically yeah until they called it and of course back in those days you know they didn't call anything but Antonio Pierce says the Raiders have been playing the Chiefs with the Mahomes rules now they did get a win over the um, over the over the Chiefs this year on Christmas. And, you know, that was the game that Andy Reid said really reset his team. He thanked Antonio Pierce, you know, texted him, thanked him for the locker room use, and they told him where they left the jer- dirty jockstraps uh, from the Super Bowl. <laughs> anyway, Pierce says his Raiders will continue to channel the bad boys when they play Mahomes as long as he's the Vegas coach. In a recent episode of Max Crosby's podcast, The Rush, Pierce discussed how he got the team ready to play the Chiefs in that 20-14 to 14 Christmas Day upset um, earlier this year. He said the week before the game, Pierce – expressed to his team that they needed to hate the color red and showed videos of the famous boxing fights and MMA fights and the and the NBA Pistons approach to Hall of Famer Michael Jordan in the late 80s with tough defensive plan that was, of course, devised by the late great Chuck Daly. He goes, uh, we've got the Jordan rules and what I'm calling, uh, I'm calling it from now on as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through the Pistons and all those guys in the 80s, before he became Michael Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his ass. And any time he came to the hole, elbows, feeling the love taps, we touched him. We're in the head, menti- uh, we're in the head mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I'm touching you. So I showed the guys Jordan getting his ass whooped. So that's what he credits that win on uh, Christmas Day uh, over the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I don't think this is a unique idea. No. No. To playing any quarterback. I mean, this used to be like Tom Brady. Well, you get a middle rush, you know, you hit him a lot, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is like the rules for any quarterback. I, I don't find this to be crazy or salacious or anything. But I do think, and I like Antonio Pierce, I don't know if this was the smartest thing to put out on a podcast. I was going to say the same exact in, in thing. In the offseason, because yep. you know how referees are. And you know exactly. how the league is. Yep. And anything that looks untawdry toward Patrick Mahomes, who a lot of you that aren't Chiefs fans thinks a flopper and a crybaby, they're going to get the call. I mean, there's going to be a yellow handkerchief thrown. And look, the Raiders historically lead the league in penalties along with the Cowboys. Um, You know, they're going to get a lot of these. Anyway, I I just like, okay, I get it, you know. And he said you got to, you know, knock the head off the snake, 15, and you got to do that first. And and I understand it, uh, what he's saying, and everybody understands it. You know, we all knew what Greg Williams was saying back in the day, too, when those tapes released. And everybody's like, oh, my God, here's an NFL defensive coordinator saying you got to hit the quarterback. Yeah, you're damn right you do. I mm-hmm. mean, that, everybody says, everybody knows that. It's a physical game, it, sort of. 
<laughs> it's, it used to be based in physicality. I mean, it's still kind of, you know, it's still trying to be that. There's nothing crazy. I mean, he's right. You got to do that. But, man, I don't know if I'd be putting it out on a podcast for a whole off season, and I'm sure the Chiefs will remind the officiating crew when they play twice a year. And not that the Raiders and Chiefs needed any more spice to it. No, I they mean, don't. This is a long-standing NFL rivalry, right? You know, you, you you know that. So, I don't know. I just I don't know if this is one of those things that really helps anybody by doing it. I mean, I don't know if he's like in the process of writing a book called the Mahomes Rules or anything. I, I don't really <laughs> understand what good can come out of it. And you know, as a coach, you know, you want to kind of limit, you know, things you call distractions. Um, you know, and I think he's kind of, you know, I don't know if he's a good distraction or not, but he's created a something here by putting this out in the atmosphere. Let me put it this way. We, we don't live in a day and age where you should vocalize these kinds of things. You can do this without having to say it. And that is one thing that drives me crazy, especially in the right. sports world, is that why do we have to tell people? Why do you have to? You want to tell your guys in the locker room? Fine. Absolutely tell them behind those closed doors. But why on earth we feel like we have to get in front of microphones and say exactly right. what we're going to do, especially if it's a little bit edgy? Why you feel like you have to vocalize that? Your fan base is already fired up enough. They're Raiders fans. Yeah. You don't need to say this to fire up your fan base. Tell your guys this. Don't tell anybody else because you're right. The flags are going to come now. Listen, you know, the old deeds, not words uh, thing. I used to you know, laugh when um, like Tom Coughlin used to always these goofy sayings before each season. And one of his ones one year with, with the Jaguars was deeds, not words. And he was just trying to get them just to, you know, basically stop. We all understand it's a good team. You're going to have a good season. Just don't talk. Just go out and, and win, right? Like, is this, uh, there's nothing for you, right? Like, this, right. like you just said, it just adds to it. And, you know, as one of our texters just brings up to me from 804, he goes, Look, if you can do it against the Chiefs, then you should be able to win against the rest of the league. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, why aren't they beating anybody else, right? I is mean, there a Joe Burrow rule? Is there a right, right. Justin Herbert rule? That's another guy you should maybe think about that right. way. I mean, this is not surprising that they're trying to hit the quarterback. This is what you should always strive to do. As an opposing team. Is there any quarterback where the rules are, oh, no, no, don't make contact with him because he really, he really is better if you knock him around and, and, and physically beat him up? No, I mean, it's, there's <laughs> no quarterback. And I always love when people go, well, you know, you know, Tom Brady, he really doesn't like it uh, when, when the, there's a lot of pass. You know, he's not, he's not comfortable if he gets hit a lot and there's middle pass rush and he can't step up in the pocket. Like, yeah, well, welcome to, you know, most quarterbacks are, are uncomfortable if you step in the pocket, you know, and they can't step up into their throws. I mean, you can't see where the ball's going. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it works. It's like why you have the pass rush is so important to the back end, and they work hand in hand if you're any good at it. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Matt, Michael Waynesburg says, Mahomes does get some cheesy roughing the passer calls. I keep waiting for a James Harrison type of linebacker to light him up. He's a bigger guy, though. Yeah. I mean, he's not yeah. like, you know, he's not a small guy either, talking about Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes has been hit in games that he's won. It's not like there's some proof that, like, oh, Patrick Mahomes gets hit twice in this game, he's going to lose. I mean, he's a bigger guy. I mean, if you look at him, he's a thick guy. He's a, and again, a tall guy. He's not somebody that is easily just knocked around. He's not Jaden Daniels, for example, right. size, who's going you know, 200 pounds wet at 6'4". Mahomes is a legitimate you know, 6'2". He's like 230, 240 range, right? That's where, that's where he is. And he looks it, and he looks it. And you also notice he only runs when he needs to. Um, you know, he, he only runs when they really need something. He's not looking to run and vacate the pocket at all the time. So I, I don't know. I just think it's 
one of these things where, like, did Pierce really need to share this with the world? I no. mean, I don't no. think so. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It is weird. It is weird. And again, everybody understands it, and the Chiefs got better from it, and nobody beat the Chiefs after that loss. That's right. I don't think, right? Did they win no, every they game after that? Yeah. So, so did it work? They did it. It worked for yeah. them, but all it did was wake them up. So Pierce, uh, Ryan and Portsmouth says Pierce has also said that they had the recipe to the league on Christmas Day on how to beat Mahomes, yet the Chiefs was the last loss. That <laughs> was last loss. Yes. Yes, exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah. Okay. Sure enough, this is the only recipe to beat him. Well, just like you could have one of, I don't know, like Gordon Ramsay or whoever your favorite chef is recipes doesn't mean you're going to be able to make it as good as them. No doubt. Um, that you could have all those recipes. And they and they sell those books, right? Like yeah, they do. all those people. Yeah. They certainly do. You can go to a Guy Fieri restaurant, even in Norfolk. You can go to all these other people's places. And if he's not really cooking the meal, is it going to be the same as if he is cooking the meal? I don't know. Because and, and I've never actually had one of his meals. So. And, and close only counts in what? Horseshoes and hand grenades? I think so. There you go. I think so. All right. Uh, Val in Northern X says, the only guy I remember that got better uh, when they beat him up was Rocky Balboa. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> great example great example and he was and don't tell your philadelphia friends this a fictitious character yeah don't let the philadelphia sports fans know that in your life all right let's do this uh coming up there's some big nfl news today for you streamers out there you're gonna love this uh, we'll get to that coming up when it comes to next year's postseason and yes it is almost time for what's your rank wednesday at the top of the hour we get into the top five franchise players in all of the four major sports in these here United States coming up. Scott Jackson, show priority on sports radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King law. All right. We are uh, brought to you by uh, Larry King law injured in an accident call seven, five, seven injured seven, five, seven. I N J U R E D. If you want to uh, reach Larry King law. All right. Here, you can reach us at the, um, Ballyhoo's phone line, 757-687-9494, uh, 757-687-9494, or the uh, text line is 757-687-9494 as well. All right, uh, from the uh, text machine, John and Hampton says, Pierce comes from that same Giants team mentality that Dan Campbell shared in his first press conference when he said, Lions were going to kick, scratch, and bite their opponents. Yeah, problem is they were not on the same Giants team. There was like about four to three to four years separation between the two of them. I mean, Pierce was on good Giants teams um, when he was there, you know, really good Giants teams, Super Bowl champion Giants teams. Dan Campbell was like early, ni- like 90s, 2000. I mean, they, those were not uh, particularly good Giants teams at that point, I don't believe, in late 90s and uh, early 2000. I don't think we're the same level no, of Giants teams. No. If uh, memory serves me correctly at that point. But uh, anyway, yeah, look, it's just, you know, again, you're talking about a specific opponent, specific player. I don't I don't think that helps his cause by putting that out in the atmosphere. It doesn't. And and that and that's the difference between what Dan Campbell said and what Antonio. Yeah, like Pierce this a mentality said. of fight is fine, but when you're saying, "Hey, this particular player here, go have at it." Here's the blueprint that that was like our last text or Ryan put out. Nobody followed because no, or apparently nobody beat them uh, after that. And hey, if they go on to win every single game against the Chiefs from here on out, then I guess they've got the formula. Yeah, but if those are the only two that they win. Um, Ray Ray uh, says, as a Raider fans, I say there is no rivalry with the Chiefs unless we beat them on the regular basis. Until then, there is no rivalry. Fair? 
Fair enough. Fair enough. You always play them tough, though. Yeah. Then they play them. Look, they should. I mean, you know, it's a, a division game should be tough. I mean, I know that's hard for you and I to remember. Well, watching the team we watch, who are so atrocious yeah. in their division. Yeah, that's very but, true. But, you know, that's supposed to be the way it works, right? Supposed to be. One would think. The way it works. All right. So earlier, uh, there's a breaking news story that Amazon Prime Video is going to pay a record $120 million to stream its first NFL playoff game after the 2024 season, according to Front Office Sports. Last year, NFL and Prime passed the wildcard game that went to Peacock, but Prime uh, will not make that mistake twice, apparently. So $120 million. Now, here's the question I have. Is this going to be in addition to the Peacock game, or is this going to be the only streaming game? This is what I, I, I want to know. I think that's for exclusivity. I think that's for okay. streaming exclusivity. Okay, so, so there's no. only one game. And I, look, I got no problem with this because I'm already used to it, even though I don't love right. it. Old man thought here. I don't love the fact that I got to watch Thursday Night Football on the streamer because you can't flip channels as easily. You know, and sometimes the dang thing just buffers for no reason. That's the that's the biggest that's problem. That's the frustrating that's the for one. me. But yeah. anyway... But I got used to it. I got used to old Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit on the streaming. And then, you know, they have like, um, you know, 45 guys in that pre-post and post-game show. Everybody does now. I mean, it's crazy that theirs is very large for a streaming service. I'll just say that. And then Richard Sherman's on there and they give him like three seconds to talk. I mean, like, here's the most, like the guy who had all the best quotes when he was a player and you get, let him do the least. And you got Fitzpatrick up there dressed like a hobo and, you know, acting like an idiot and, uh, you know. They're like, oh, let's hear what Fitzmagic has to say. I'm like, really? Do we really want to? Did I want to hear Fitzmagic when he played? I don't really think I need to hear him, to be honest with you. Yeah, you let's open up along? the mic for Andrew Whitworth yeah. for like five minutes. Yeah. And Andrew Whitworth, my God, is he running for, for election or is he is he doing a pregame and postgame show? He's, <laughs> my God, he talks a lot. <laughs> anyway, uh, I get he was the man of the year, but does it mean he has to get the entire pre and postgame comments? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Then you have the actually guy who's actually broadcast for a while, Tony Gonzalez, who even gets less time than that but anyway i digress so yes i'm looking here and it says the 110 million peacock page for the wild card game uh and now um again prime is now going to pay 120 for this next one they also paid 100 million for the first ever black friday game this past year so does that mean maybe peacock will flip into the black friday mode or does this mean the NFL just thinks Peacock is not that good and they're not going to do it? You want to talk about cut, knocking the heads off the snake. Can we do that with Peacock, please? Yeah. Nobody has Peacock, unless you're a wrestling fan, because I don't want the wrestling yeah, fans to start texting. the wrestling community gets very upset okay? when you say that. If, yeah. you've got re- if you're a wrestling fan, Peacock, definitely worth it for yeah. you. For for literally everyone else, not so much. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I'm again. I'm already living with this Jeff Bezos thing, you know, for package delivery and everything. It's all all one, so I can kind of write it off in my mind as it's not as bad of an investment as some of the other ones, right? You know, so so have at it. But man, if we're gonna bring in like more streaming postseason games, just ugh, no, thank you, no thanks, no thank you. No you want to have that as like a secondary option? Like I'm not at home. I'm not yeah. at an establishment where I can watch this. I can watch it on my phone or something. That fine, okay. Yeah, no doubt. But we'll be interested to see if they bring Peacock back, right? Or not. I, I really hope they don't. <laughs> Aren't they going to merge with Paramount or something? There, there is there is talk in the entertainment okay. world that Paramount yeah. Plus and Peacock may merge into one streaming service at some point. Yeah. Yes. Donovan in the 757 says, the Mahomes rule is similar to what the Titans did after uh, Coach said, you blitz 
all night. LOL. Best fit for the Raiders, Russell Wilson, Tyrod Taylor, or Baker Mayfield? I mean, I feel like Russell Wilson was destined to be a Raider. I don't know about you. <laughs> or Baker. <laughs> I can see Baker Mayfield with the Raiders, so I could see that. I just worry that something would happen to poor Tyrod because it always does. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor is not going to be a prior. He's not going to be a starter. No. Right? He, he could be a really good backup if you're going to roll with that kid. I, I still think I still think Taylor Heineke is going to be a Raider. Wow, I can see that too. I don't know, man. This feels like if Russell Wilson really wants to stick it to the Broncos and to Sean Payton, you, you should go to the Raiders, right? I mean, that's that's where you should go. I mean that you that is that is the year. only option. Yeah, see him twice a year. I think that would make a lot of sense. Um. Yeah, and again, the Mahomes thing, it's not new. We all get that. It's just like, why even share it? Because now everybody's going to look at that game so much more closer next year. They're going to replay these video clips the entire you know, week of that game just to see what happens. And guess what? I bet you, I'll bet you the Chiefs get some flags. And you're like, well, that was kind of soft. Yeah, you think he happened. gets cheap calls now. Yeah, you think he gets wait. cheap calls now and wait till next year. All right, um, let's do this. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We're going to get to What's Your Rank Wednesday on the other side. Oh, real quick poll question of the day uh, brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. Uh, on the X, you can have at it there at Jackson Sports at ESPN Radio 941. What should the commanders do if Caleb Williams is off the board at number two? Draft Jaden Daniels, draft Greg May, try to trade backwards, and other reply below right now. 41.9% of you are in the Drake May bandwagon, which is weird because I think last week people were picking Jaden Daniels and we had all three quarterbacks on the board. Yeah, we had a flip there. We did. And again, he's at 32.6% right now. Maybe it's all the crash test dummy video that's been out this week. And 19.8. I want to trade back. Oh, the Hal Hive is alive and kicking. All right. Uh, you have at it at Jackson Sports at ESPN Radio 94.1. Brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. All right. We're taking a break. On the other side, the top five franchise players in the big four in America, the sports leagues that we consider the big four, the NFL, baseball, NBA, and yes, the National Hockey League. We'll get to that on the other side. Scott Jackson Show, Priority on the Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law, James Witham's Got Your Sports Center.